Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douze Point, one of many podcasts about the Eurovision Song Contest, but the only one that is presented by me. Anyway, it's all getting a bit song contesty once again, because next weekend we are going off to Nice, virtually or otherwise, for the 21st Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Now, I will openly admit that for most of its existence, I have been fairly unaware of Junior Eurovision, because the vast majority of the time it hasn't been broadcast in the UK, and we haven't been competing in it either. And I only really started to realise it was a thing when the winners started to pop up to say hello during the main contest. But since the UK rejoined it last year, it's becoming a fixture in our Eurovision calendar. So this feels like an apposite moment to do a brief history of Junior Eurovision to help us all get up to speed. The very first Junior Eurovision was held in 2003, and while the inspiration for the main contest came from Italy's San Remo Music Festival, Junior Eurovision was inspired by MGP Nordic, a pan-Scandinavian song contest for children aged 8 to 15, which in turn had been inspired by Denmark's Melody Grand Prix Junior, which launched in 2000, prompting Norway and Sweden to hold their own song contest for kids and then have a Champion of Champions style event with their neighbours. Spotting an opportunity for a brand extension, in 2002 the EBU started floating the idea of a kids version of Eurovision, putting the feelers out to see if enough of its members would be interested in such a thing. 16 countries gave the idea the green light, and so the first ever junior Eurovision was held in Copenhagen in 2003, since Denmark already had a few years experience of staging such an event. The countries competing that year were Belarus, Belgium, Croatia, Cyprus, Denmark, Greece, Latvia, Macedonia, Malta, Netherlands, Norway, Poland, Romania, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. Germany and Slovakia were also originally down to take part in the first ever Junior Eurovision, but ended up withdrawing before the contest. As a point of interest for UK listeners, the UK's member broadcaster in those early years was not the BBC, but rather ITV. The exact details of our initial involvement are a little bit cloudy, but the commonly held belief, and the one that makes the most sense, is that the BBC had first refusal but declined to move forward, so ITV signed up in their place. In fact, the initial announcement of our involvement at Junior Eurovision said that we would be participating in the first contest and hosting the following year in Manchester, but we'll get to that momentarily. So, Junior Eurovision began in Copenhagen on 15th November 2003, with performances by Danish boy band Fuel and the Dance Crew Dance Faction to open the show, and the Sugar Babes and Busted as the interval acts. The contest was won by Croatia's Dino Jelicic, with Tisi Moja Prva Ljubav, or You Are My First Love. Spain's Sergio finished second, with the United Kingdom's Tom Morley in third. With the contest having been deemed a success, it was confirmed that the UK would be hosting the second one in Manchester, but that didn't end up coming to pass. In May 2004, ITV pulled out, citing irreconcilable differences of the financial variety, as they didn't feel able to pull off the event within the 1.5 million euro budget, claiming it would cost around another million on top of that, and asked the EBU to find another host broadcaster. Possibly connected, the previous year's contest hadn't been the ratings winner that ITV were hoping for, so that may have also impacted their motivation when it came to hosting the event, and they shunted their coverage to ITV2 in 2004. Hosting duties were then offered to the previous winner, Croatia, who agreed, but in possibly my favourite piece of Eurovision drama ever, broadcaster HRT apparently forgot that the venue they, they were going to use was already booked for the period it would be needed for Junior Eurovision. So, a month on in June 2004, the EBU found themselves looking for another host broadcaster, and Norway's NRK agreed to host it in Lillehammer. After this round of, to be honest, absolute shenanigans, the EBU incorporated a bidding process for the hosting of future editions of the contest to ensure that people were actually taking it seriously. 
2004 saw France and Switzerland join the contest, which was won by Spain's Maria Isabel with a song called Antes Muerta que Sencilla, meaning better dead than plain, which seems a fairly problematic concept for a nine-year-old, but the noughties were just a different time, weren't they? Belgium hosted the contest in 2005, which saw Russia and Serbia and Montenegro joining for the first time, but also the first set of departures from the contest, with France, Switzerland, Cyprus and Poland all opting out that year. The 2005 contest also saw a change to the voting system, where every country started with an automatic 12 points, apparently as a way of avoiding the sting of any child having to endure the humiliation of going home with no points. Although I think kids aren't idiots and would probably still be aware if they hadn't received any votes from any actual other countries. However, spoiler alert, in the entire history of Junior Eurovision to date, no entry has managed to get zero votes. 2006 is where it all starts to get a little bit messy, because although we saw the return of Cyprus after a year away and the arrival of Portugal and Ukraine, as well as Serbia's transition to competing as an independent nation, the contest lost a batch of founder members, including the United Kingdom, Latvia, Norway and Denmark, with Denmark apparently dropping out due to concerns over the welfare of the child entrance and deciding to revive MGP Nordic instead. There was technically a departure from Sweden too, but that was a little bit more complicated. Broadcaster SVT withdrew alongside NRK and DR, but rival Swedish broadcaster TG4 took over Sweden's junior Eurovision responsibilities, meaning that for a few years they actually had two junior song contests in Sweden, with TG4's winner going to junior Eurovision and SVT's winner going to MGP Nordic. SVT took over Sweden's junior Eurovision duties again in 2010 and announced in 2015 that they were taking a break for one year, but they have yet to return. The 2006 contest, incidentally, was won by the Tolmachevi twins of Russia, who were the first of several acts who would go on from their junior Eurovision victory to later compete in the main contest, representing Russia in 2014 with Shine. I'm not going to go through every year systematically because I think we're already at risk of this podcast just becoming 10 minutes of me reading out the names of countries depending on who's joining or leaving in a given year. But one thing that seems to be a feature of Junior Eurovision is that participation is a bit less permanent than it is in the main contest. A lot of countries dip out for a bit, come back a few years later. And while that probably wasn't the ideal that the EBU originally imagined for the contest, it does seem to have had the effect of levelling the playing field a little bit. Big up the Netherlands though, who are the only country to have competed at every Junior Eurovision so far. Quite a few countries have won Junior Eurovision despite never winning the main contest, including Croatia, Belarus, Georgia, Armenia, Malta and Poland. The biggest hitter at Junior Eurovision is Georgia with three wins, though France, Poland, Armenia, Belarus, Malta and Russia have all won twice. Poland is the only country so far to pull off back-to-back wins, and also the only country to manage to win a contest that they were hosting, although France's wins only had a single year in between them, and both of their winning entries were co-written by Barbara Pravi, who of course was the runner-up at Eurovision 2021. In terms of hosting, as I mentioned earlier, the host country was originally decided as part of a bidding process, which meant that we didn't have the tradition of the winning country hosting the following year until Armenia's win in 2010 and subsequent hosting in Yerevan in 2011. Since then, only three winning countries haven't gone on to host the contest the following year, Georgia in 2011, Italy in 2014 and Russia in 2017, although in that instance it was due to a rule change by the EBU where they went back to the bidding system for a little while in a bid to give the host nation more time to prepare. Speaking of rules, there are a few variations from the adult contest. The most obvious one is the age restriction. Currently, contestants have to be aged from 9 to 14 on the day of the contest. There was originally a rule that adults weren't allowed to write the songs either, although that one was pretty short-lived and went out the window in 2008, probably because it's a lot harder to find a prodigiously talented 12-year-old songwriter than it is to find a 12-year-old who can sing and dance and smile for the cameras. 
And I'm assuming it's for similar reasons that the rule about entrants not being allowed to have previously released music commercially was dropped from 2007 onwards. Again, a load of kids who wrote their own songs and have no experience of performing to an audience of this size is not generally a recipe for a successful international broadcast. Junior Eurovision does still have a language restriction though, although not quite as restrictive as the one we used to have in the main contest. The song should be in the native language of the country entering, but up to 40% of it is allowed to be sung in a different language, and when that happens, it's usually English. It's also worth mentioning that the voting works a little bit differently at Junior Eurovision. While it is still a mix of jury and public vote, at Junior Eurovision these days the public vote is conducted online, and viewers can vote from anywhere in the world. Moreover, you don't even have to have actually watched the contest to vote because, for example, the online vote for this year's contest actually opens this coming Friday, two days before the competition, although it will be suspended at the beginning of the live show and then reopened for about 15 minutes after the performances. You will get to vote for three of the entries and there's no rule against voting for your own country if you're competing. Incidentally, the United Kingdom's Freya Sky actually won the online vote last year and finished a very respectable fifth overall. So if that's got you excited for this year's contest, and I hope at the very least it's got you moderately interested, the good news is that UK viewers can watch on Sunday 27th of November on BBC2 and CBBC from 3pm to 5.30pm. Our commentators are Harvey of Vowellessness and Strictly Come Dancing fame, and Lauren Layfield of The Viral, We're Just Normal Men, We're Just Innocent Men fame. The United Kingdom will be represented by three-piece girl group Stand Unique with Back to Life. They've been doing the promo circuit lately and seem to be pretty great live, so fingers crossed for a barnstorming performance from them. But they've got fierce competition from 15 other countries to watch out for, including reigning champions France. And another interesting point, this year's Junior Eurovision will be the first contest which features all five members of the Big Five. There's also a very welcome new child safety protocol behind the show this year, focusing on the well-being of the participants, which is apparently designed not only to achieve greater transparency on that front, but also as maybe a little bit of an olive branch to try and get the Nordic nations back to compete again in the future, given that the issues on that front were one of the reasons for them withdrawing in the first place. That's it for this week. Just to fill you in on our future scheduling plans, we will be doing a post-contest reaction show following Junior Eurovision, which we'll be recording live and likely releasing on the Monday. Then the following week, we will be back for a slightly more considered roundup of this year's Junior Eurovision's highs and lows. And after that, we will be going on a little hiatus until the new year, when national final season kicks into gear and we will have loads to talk about. Don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you get every future episode delivered directly to your device, and maybe even leave us a lovely review if you're feeling that way inclined. So until next week, good night Europe and good morning Australia. Australia.